We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Milwaukee Bucks, the best team in the Eastern Conference and in the NBA. We'll get there in a second. Uh, Eurostep, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, brought to you today by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. We will get into that later as well, but first... I'm here with Rohan Kadi. The Bucks just beat down the Philadelphia 76ers 112-101 in a decisive game that, much like the Christmas Day game, was a lot more demoralizing for the loser than the score may make it seem. Welcome, Rohan, to this beautiful occasion. Uh, it, you said it perfectly. It is a beautiful occasion. I am a Above the moon, it's just ah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good time. You know, you can't really complain. You know, Bucks just beat the Sixers. You know, it's always a fun time, especially when everyone. You know, like it, it's nice to you know beat your lower opponents like you're supposed to do. That's what it. No, it is. I agree, but this one was important because the Bucks have beat everybody else who could give them a problem, right? Yes. Well, they, they beat Miami, haven't they? Or are they, are no, they still 0-1? Okay, still so they, they got to go beat Miami again, whatever. I mean, they, they got Iguodala. We'll get to the tra- we'll get to some trade deadline at the end. But honestly, I think, um, I think I feel comfortable. I don't like speaking for other people, but I think I, I'm safe to say for you as well, Rohan, we're on this po- podcast, we're more concerned with the real basketball 
than being armchair GMs. I know I run a Patreon where I talk about roster moves and stuff. That's really just to cover it. But still, I always like to mix in on like real basketball analysis to it. I don't just like to sit around and play armchair GM all day. I know it may seem like it from Twitter, but let's talk about the real basketball more than some of these moves that did or didn't happen. Like I said, we'll touch on it at the end because it does matter. But we've got real basketball to talk about, and it's going to be a good conversation, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, this is real basketball. This is real good basketball. Like, people can make all the moves they want. The trade deadline has passed, and the Milwaukee Bucks have beaten the Philadelphia 76ers. So let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, I think Giannis jumps out at you uh, for obvious reason. He's literally jumped out at the Sixers. I mean, we saw the last matchup. The Embiid, the Embiid on Giannis situation was an issue. And it, it was for times. I mean, Embiid's a good defender, I think. Just a completely awful game for Joel Embiid. 19 points, 26 field goal attempts. He only makes six of them, four for seven from the charity stripe. And, you know, I think Bucks fans and, more, way more importantly, the Bucks themselves, the players, Mike Budenholzer, made a big stink about foul calls early on. So after Milwaukee doesn't shoot their first free throws until there's less than five minutes left in the second quarter, they end up actually shooting more than the 76ers in this game. Philly only shoots 18 foul shots, only makes eight of them. It helps that Ben Simmons only made one of his four, Embiid only makes four of his seven. But Joel Embiid, 19 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, five fouls, two turnovers, a minus three in his 33 minutes. And like I said, six for 26 from the field. At one point, I think he was one of 12. So although he occasionally made Giannis work for it, gave Giannis some trouble, the Bucks made life a lot harder for Joel Embiid than he did to them. I think that is a, a pretty safe thing to say at this point, Rohan. No, for sure. Especially after the first matchup where Embiid went off. I think I, this team takes the Philly matchup very seriously, but just matchups in general where they lose previously. Um, yeah. We know that they pride themselves on not losing two games in a row this season and just once last season. Uh, so they take these rematches incredibly seriously and the Lopez twins I think really showed that they took this matchup with Embiid so seriously they I've never seen Robin Lopez run faster in my entire life than to try and get back on defense in this game yeah I've got to say you got to give credit to the low bros for this performance because they were both exceptional I mean Giannis is the guy who gets a lot of DPOI love for good reason I've caped for Brooke for that award before but both of the Lopez brothers, I mean, Brooke picks up some fouls early. Another tough offensive game for him. I mean, four points, six field goal attempts, 0 for 3 from deep. Uh, but three blocks, he, of course, should have more. At least one or two were, like, just literal straight blocks that just got whistled as fouls. But, again, more early on than later with those calls, thankfully. But those two, I mean, you don't hold Joel Embiid to 6 for 26 shooting without some damn good centers. And that's the real beauty in having Robin Lopez to go with Brooke Lopez because when those BS calls do put Brooke Lopez in foul trouble, you've got literally a twin, a replica, to throw in and say, all right, Robin, your turn. Go give him hell. And they did, especially Robin, who I think this is, I mean, probably not statistically, but I think given the the importance of his role in this game, given the importance of this game, 
probably his finest performance of the season in 20 he was, minutes. He was his best overall performance. Yeah, I think fairly easy to say. He's two for four from deep, three for six from the field in his 20 minutes. Sinks two threes, drinking the tea all over Philly. Three rebounds, only three rebounds in 20 minutes, but I'm sure he did some great boxing. And he did do some great boxing out. One assist, two blocks, one turnover, no fouls. Robin plays the clean game. And really, even more so than not letting Embiid make those shots inside, the the real benefit, or one of the real benefits, and I mean, if you look at it, Embiid 3 for 10 from deep, so he only made 3 of his 16 two-point field goals. Joel Embiid held to 3 makes within the 3-point within the arc. That is incredible defense from the Bucks, but it's what you've come to expect at this point. Um, but... Embiid was getting so frustrated with the physical defense that the Lopez brothers, especially Robin, were playing without getting those foul calls called on them. Like I said, Robin Lopez, zero personal fouls in this game somehow, some way. But that, I think, really helped take the Sixers out of it. I mean, there's all this talk. I think some of it is a little little over the top, especially from Shaq, who was going in on Joel Embiid during all of the TNT segments. Shaq is sickened by the way Joel Embiid plays and, and the way he, he has been acting this season. It's very obvious to see his pure contempt. But I think that stuff can get a little overblown. But at the same time, the body language for Philly was horrible. I mean, they did go on a little run to start the fourth quarter. The Bucks got Giannis and Chris back in and, and kind of quashed that. But I mean, it was that, that was the middle part of this game. It just didn't seem like Philly had that much life. I mean, the Bucks couldn't crack out a huge lead or anything, but still, the Sixers just seemed dejected. And I think a lot of it comes from watching, you know, your best player, your literal centerpiece, make three shots within the arc all night. I mean, that is, that is, you talk about shutting down an opposing star. That's the definition of that. No, it was it was an incredible defensive performance. Uh, early on, we saw Philly play. Good defense. It seemed like Milwaukee couldn't really figure out their offense in the Sixers' defense. Am, am I fair in saying that? Like, oh yeah, on. for sure, for sure. Yes. They were they were off kilter. Philly was disrupting them, but I mean, there was like three turnovers in the first quarter where somebody drives and does an okay job penetrating and just like chucks it to where there's no one. It just seemed like they were just off. You could feel they were off early. Mm. But what I'm trying to what I'm trying to lead into here is that. They started to figure out their offense once Eric Bledsoe got involved. So yeah. I was thinking about this during the game. Eric Bledsoe hasn't played against the 76ers in a while. <laughs> because he missed last the first game of this regular season. Um, and then he got ejected in the last one last season. Mm, so it's do you been remember like, the Do you remember the quote? Oh, it, it was, oh, what was it? There goes uh, that I Bledsoe. can tell you exactly what it is because the Milwaukee Bucks tweeted it. With the video of Giannis doing the putback slam, that is this is incredible tweeting oh, by the Milwaukee I did Bucks. Not see this. Unbelievable! I have not seen a violent act like that in years. <laughs> oh, that is just brilliant tweeting oh, by the Milwaukee yes. Bucks. Oh my goodness! Sorry, did, go on. I just another, I had to cut in there. Another it was great setup. tweet by the by the Bucks account when they um, tweeted the final score. You know, highlights Bucks improved to forty four and seven. Yeah, it's uh. Giannis and Bledsoe st- standing over uh, Joel Embiid on, on the floor as the picture. Ooh, yes, <laughs> I like that. Insane, I don't know if you, could, all the smoke. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I, honestly, 
you know, there's there's gonna be some people maybe out there who are like, oh, you know, well, 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 act like we've been there before, like, you know, let's whatever, I don't know, let's stop having so much fun. Like, no way, dude. Like, we no. podcast and root for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Do you know how rare it is for us to have fun like this? It's been like 40 years. So no, I'm gonna enjoy every single one of these victories yes but where i was going with that um eric bledsoe hasn't played against the sixers team in like over a year i want to say maybe not over a year but it's been like almost a year and he seemed to be the one that unlocked the offense and when he was uh penetrating in the lane like they didn't like josh richardson was out for them today which uh like kind of lessens their perimeter defense but you know bucks didn't have george hill so that's it's kind of a wash um but it was Eric Bledsoe who was sort of like fig- figuring out ways to dissect their defense, and that opened things up for everyone else. While he only, what did he end up with? 14 points and like uh, six assists. Like that's a solid average game for Eric Bledsoe. But he, he sort of set the template for the Bucks to open up their offense against the Sixers. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he had a game bigger than his stat line. I mean, you look at it, 14 points on 14 shots. Eh. I think he had eight rebounds, six assists, and four turnovers. So it doesn't doesn't jump out at you as a great performance. But I think there were some times that uh, he was key. And like you said, getting getting that penetration, driving, opening things up. And what's interesting about Bledsoe is I think he's at his absolute best when he can kind of wreak havoc while the defense is distracted. I think he becomes such a good player when you have him on the floor with Giannis and Chris, and those two are running, you know, pick and rolls, triple handoffs, whatever whatever it may be, and all of a sudden Bledsoe gets the ball with a defense that's cocked the entire other way trying to guard something else. All of a sudden that guy is a menace. I mean, that guy can get to the rim when someone's playing good defense on him, when someone's not paying close enough attention, it just gets very easy for him. And his shooting has been noticeably better this season, for sure. Um, just really encouraging stuff from Eric Bledsoe. Again, I thought he was huge tonight for the Bucks when they really needed him. Um, what's interesting is we saw I, I, it felt new. I don't know if it was new. Maybe I'm just dead wrong. But the the Bledsoe, Dante, and like three bench guys lineup, which I think a lot of it was like Corver, Urson, and Robin Lopez groups like that. I don't mind those groups. And and some people on Twitter, some people on the Discord were upset. But personally, I like that a lot better than the so-called five white guys lineup where it's. Um, Pat and Dante and then just Ursan, Corver, Robin Lopez or whoever. I don't like that group. I like Bledsoe out there more. I think, especially when George Hill comes back, I think those Bledsoe and Dante and other bench guys groups, and especially if George is out there too, I think those groups can tread water a lot more effectively than the five bench guys. I don't mind that so much, especially if it means we get more one-two Giannis Chris punch lineups as well. Like, I think I can live with the Bledsoe stuff, at least in small doses. And obviously, you hope it's even smaller in the playoffs. But, I mean, I've advocated for a long time of staggering Giannis and Bledsoe and always having one of them out there because they both kind of need spacing. They obviously work together, but I don't know. I, 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 I'm intrigued by those groups. I, I think there's some potential there. No, for sure. Like, the reason that we've been sort of down on those uh, white guy lineups is the like lack of shot creation. And Eric Bledsoe is, he fixes that. So if you like replace like, uh, who am I thinking? Pat with like um, Eric Bledsoe, you're adding like a dynamic creator to that lineup 
which every offensive lineup needs. And it provides, right. you know, it provides more. It's just more and it fits Bledsoe's strength. And it, like you were saying, it provides more impact when Giannis and Chris aren't on the floor. Instead of just having like a too many cooks situation where you're just having to feed like Giannis, Chris, and Bledsoe all at the same time and then none of them at the same time, you're you're mixing it up. You're letting Bledsoe get his run as a number one option, which I've said before, really helps with his confidence, which really helps with his overall play. No, I think that's a good point. And I think really the the like I, I think a good way to look at how teams work and especially offenses is it's kind of like a like a rungs on a ladder situation. It's like there's a whole lot of guys and but you know, everyone in the NBA can be the fifth rung, you know, the bottom rung. Like pretty much anybody, like a legit NBA player, anybody can play that fifth rung rung role well. Try saying that five times fast. But not a lot of guys can be the first one. You know, not not a lot of guys can be the second one even. So if you talk about those bench lineups, even when it's George Hill and Dante, I think those are a little overmatched. I think having George Hill and or like either one of those guys as the one and the two, you're asking a lot in terms of like the offensive weapons, the guys who are going to do the heavy lifting on that end. But if you have Bledsoe out there as the one, and then you have one of George or Dante as the two, and one is the third most important offensive guy. Now I think you're talking about lineups, especially you're assuming they're going to be used against some bench guys themselves. I think those lineups can do just fine. Like I think that's enough pop, enough shot creation to where you're okay with both Giannis and Chris sitting. And then, of course, you get those guys rested. You bring them in together. You run some, you know you know what I'm going to say, some Chris Giannis pick and roll. And you can really get somewhere that way. So I'm, I'm intrigued by those looks. I'd like to see some more of that going forward, especially when George Hill comes back. He's dealing with the the torn i think is the term hamstring mm-hmm. I, think, or I think it's a strained strained want, excuse yes. me yeah yeah, yeah. strained <laughs> don't, don't don't let's not luckily no one aggregates me because that could have been bad yeah strained hopefully not torn we haven't gotten many details about that but i'd love to see george hill back soon obviously no rush but yeah it's uh I, I don't know i think that's that's the way i've been looking at offense more and more you know if you slot in a guy above the other guys it's going to make everyone look so much better i think that definitely applies to that bench group i'm a lot more comfortable with that lineup no, for sure. And you you want to know what I just realized? We did it again. We overlooked Giannis for no, sure. We, yeah, I got yeah, distracted. Yeah, yeah, no, we were like we started off talking about oh yeah, you know, we got to start with Giannis, and then we immediately went to the Lopez brothers. Uh, so I didn't realize this uh, until it was brought up, but like you know, it was publicized that going into this matchup, Giannis was the first person with um, four straight 30.15 rebound games since Shaq in 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he did it again. Uh, he had, what, 36 points, 20 rebounds, six assists in 35 minutes. Um, <laughs> Just something else, steal man. With three turnovers. Uh, but since he's done it five times in a row, he is the first person since Wilt in 65. Which should basically be its own record. Like, yep. if it's since Wilt... Like, Wilt is the outlier on literally everything. If you're the first person since Wilt, you're the you first might person. as well be the first yeah. yeah, you might as well be the first person. Yeah, Wilt, Wilt does not count for any of these stats. But shout out to Wilt, who was great. But yes, let's let's go back to Giannis. That's, what, what other Giannis? I know you got more Giannis stuff. That's a great stat. But what, what else Giannis do we need well, to hit I mean, on here? Like, it seems like in these matchups against the 76ers, Giannis just loves to try and get hot from three. He just he seems really drawn to doing that in these matchups against the 76ers, and he he did not. 
to say the least. Yeah, he, that's fair, fair his, to say. He made his first, like his only three on his last attempt in what was that, like middle of the fourth quarter? I think so, yeah. It felt so great, but it's still a, still a one for seven shooting night at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. He was trying so hard because Joel Embiid, you know, he's not like, well, part of it is he. Like a lot of it is he doesn't respect Giannis from deep, so he just you know sags off him. And the other part of it, you know, he doesn't have to move as much. You know, he's out of shape. You know, gotta gotta eternally, yeah, eternally. You know, I heard a good conspiracy about that. We'll get to after after you uh, after you finish it. Okay, gotta he's gotta conserve his energy a bit. You know, um, so we can get back on the offensive end uh, and break a shot. Um, but yeah, Giannis, he real. I feel like he realized this like set halfway through the second quarter because he was jacking up three after three and missing but he was just like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go at you like i'm way better than you uh like taking the matchup with Embiid, and he's just like i'm gonna i'm gonna drive on you i'm gonna score on you and he did over and over and over later in this game Mm -hmm. and that's how you finish um 13 for 25 and if you take out those threes can i do math that is 12 for 18 yes yep. go, go team uh but yeah he was just getting whatever he wanted in a beat he was he was hitting him with like up and unders looking like freaking Hakeem olajuwon um with his footwork he was getting nice spin drives he was getting a lot of contact how much he ended up shooting what 12 free throws and made nine of them yeah progress yeah but it's like the three ball wasn't there and he didn't get dissuaded by that but not in the sense like he usually just keeps shooting threes but he he sort of realized that he doesn't need to shoot threes i mean this like this applies just in general he doesn't need to shoot threes to be like a good player i mean i feel like that's obvious by now but, yeah, he's he's there now, and yeah, <laughs> I think it's yeah. safe to say he's not always shooting them. Yeah, but he took this matchup in particular to say that he doesn't need to shoot threes because Embiid is sagging off him so much because he doesn't need to prove anything because Embiid wasn't a factor defensively on him. Because no. like this matchup in particular would usually be like, oh, Embiid's down there. He's going to be a problem defensively. Let me get up some more threes than usual. He was just like, no, I, I'm just going to score on him every time, and it worked. It did. Noted uh, Giannis uh, stopper, Al Horford, not able to do that whatsoever. Can we talk about that for a second? Is Al sure. Horford just washed? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure Al Horford's washed. Luckily, only only a four-year, $100 million deal they signed this summer for him. So basically a bargain. Al Horford made five threes, which is the good part of Al Horford's night. Five for 12, good shooting night. Above average shooting night. I was actually a little worried that the Al Horford you know, positive regression was going to cost the Bucks this win. It didn't. Uh, again, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we said this already. Philly shot basically 10% better than the Bucks from three. Still lost. Uh, 19 for 45. Horford, 5 for 12. The Bucks just 12 for 37. 32.4%. Although I'm sure that goes up a good margin. I mean, it does if you take out the honest shooting. But still, the Bucks just not able to make a ton of threes they and still, make a great percentage. Philly made still uh, also just over set, um, eight more threes than their average. They yeah, still lost. And, and seven more threes than the Bucks in this game. 21 point. Uh, advantage for Philly there, and they lost by 11. Anyway, 
Horford's only five makes were those five threes. He was 0-4-5 from within the arc. Six total rebounds, one assist, one steal, one turnover, one foul. Minus 16 in his 33 minutes. Worst on the Sixers. I don't think that's all his fault, but... I mean, there was a few times when, like, Embiid switched with Horford to get Horford on Giannis, and Giannis was just like, all right, sick, let me cook him. Like, he's not fast enough to to do his, like, strong big guy thing anymore. He used to be just a little bit faster. He could kind of stay in front of Giannis. He's not doing that anymore. Um, he gets away with forearm fouls on pretty much every possession in the post. Those still don't really get called. Whatever. He's still not. He's still not uh, a, a big enough factor to, to really deter Giannis. I mean, just... A terrific of performance for Giannis dissecting the defense. We need to see even more of Giannis just setting screens when he's all alone, when Embiid when doesn't go with him, because think about it. You can't switch a screen if there's only one defender there. So you run Corver and Middleton through those screens, through Giannis's screens, if they're not going to have a defender near him, and just let those guys get open runways. I mean, set up Giannis a little bit behind the arc, have Corver run right through his guy. You might get Corver some wide open threes. That's a pretty good idea, generally. Corver just one for five tonight. But before we get back to the conspiracy theory I hinted, that's a good teaser. Uh, it's first time for our betonline.ag Bucks predictions of the week. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert, like I already mentioned. And but when I didn't mention, is you can use the promo code BlueWire, all one word. For a 50% welcome bonus. That is a good bonus indeed. But for this this episode, our Bucks predictions of the week brought to you by betonline.ag. Let's go through the Bucks schedule for the next week. We're going to pick our winners, and that would be too easy because obviously we're just going to say Bucks a lot. So we're also going to pick the point differential, Rohan. This week, the Bucks have the following games. First, on Saturday, they are on the road against the Magic. Then on Monday, they're home against the Kings. On Wednesday, they're on the road again against the Pacers, and then they end the road trip and the week, at least until we record next, on the road against the Pistons on Thursday. So three road games. The Kings game is the only home game. Magic, Kings, Pacers, Pistons. Rohan, how are you feeling about these games? Well, like you said, it's it's going to be easy to pick the Bucks just as the winner because I think we're going to both agree that the Bucks should win all four of these games. Yeah, I mean, like to be clear, I don't think they're going to win every game the rest of the season. Although that would be cool. No, but, it's, like, it's just like you know, they're they're just like I'm going to favor them against every team. They're the best team in the league. That's how it works. But let's the the point differentials will be the fun part. And I'm going to write these down. We're gonna we're gonna check okay. our work next week. So. Uh, First one up, Bucks game against the Magic on the road. It's a afternoon game, which is it a little is. worrying. I didn't I didn't note that to try and trick you. Mm. Uh, no, I I come prepared. Mm. So it's an afternoon game, which is a little tricky. We know Bucks teams in the past have struggled uh, on afternoon road games because um, you know Giannis and the rest of the team can't get their pregame naps in. Um, I still think the Bucks are going to pull this one out. But I'm gonna say Bucks by nine against okay, the Magic. Okay, pretty conservative. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bucks by fifteen. I don't trust this Magic team. Mm, fair. Okay. And then after that, you know, they get two days off, and then you know, Monday against the Kings. King Kings aren't that good. You know, dude. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would yeah, agree with that sentiment. I'm gonna say Bucks by twenty three. Oh, 
Ooh, ooh, you really don't think they're very good. No. <laughs> oh, man, at home. I wonder if this is a trap game. Mm. You know what? I'm going to say I'll go Bucks by 18. I'm going to price his right ear a little bit. I, I don't know if they're going to get to 20 here, but I do think they're going to they're gonna clean the clocks of Sacramento. Mm. I just, I don't know. I feel like the Bucks match up way too well against the Kings. And, okay, what's next on the schedule? Ooh, the Pacers uh, game. Road Pacers on yes. Wednesday. The Bucks have done well against the Pacers this year. Mm-hmm. And especially with, um, well, it's going to be different because this is the first time we're going to be seeing Oladipo this season. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, them coming back, him coming back, sorry, and then, you know, still getting into a normal routine. Malcolm Brogdon's really trailed off since his hot start to the season. I'm going to say Bucks by it. And you know, this is where I'm gonna pull the Rohan and go bold. Ooh. I think this is gonna be another game where the Bucks. Say, well, this is, first, I think this is gonna be maybe the only game the Bucks really get up for all week. <laughs> maybe the Magic, who are uh, you know a, le, technically a playoff team, I guess. I don't think anyone looks at Orlando and says, "Oh, that's a playoff team," but they they are indeed a playoff team as of this moment. So you said Bucks by, I'm sorry, what did you say, 10? 10. Okay, let me type that before I forget. I'm going to say Bucks by 21. I think it's the 10th the tenth road game Ooh. win by 20 points in the year. I think the Bucks are going to come out and punch the Pacers in the mouth. I think Oladipo's been struggling a little bit to get acclimated, which makes sense. You expect that coming back from that that long injury absence. But, yeah, I think the Bucks are going to really put it on Indiana. I'm going to say 21. Okay, and then after that, you know, day after that, we got the Bucks versus whatever. Oh well, we got the Bucks versus their uh, G League affiliate, the, yeah, the, the Bucks Detroit East. Pistons. Yeah, Bucks G League, Bucks East. I, mm-hmm. I think the herd might take the Pistons, but honestly, yes. Well, <laughs> let's see. Let's see how they do without Andre Drummond, who is now a Cavalier. For some yeah, reason. they got what? some uh, pocket lint and a mm-hmm. couple, they got more couple rusty bucks. nickels. <laughs> yeah, we got. We yeah, get, they did. They'll get to see their good friends John Henson and Brandon Knight. Um, and what we know about this team is that they destroyed the Pistons on a regular basis. Uh, we saw it in the playoffs. We saw it through the regular season, and I think we're going to see it again. I think we're going to see the Bucks blow the doors off this team. I'm going to say Mike. <laughs> 31. Oh, Rohan. Oh, oh, man. Second night of a back-to-back. You're just, you're being wild. Not thir- Listen, so who are they going to have? Listen. Who are they going to have to guard Giannis? Christian, Christian Wood. Wood Christian Wood. Welcome to the Woodlands, Rohan. Christian Wood and Thonmaker. See, the thing is, Giannis is going to take those matchups extra seriously. Yeah, he might. He, he is I'm going say, to destroy them. I don't disagree. I'm going to say Bucks by... Oh, I like how this. Is, I like that. Me, right? It's just Bucks by eight times. That's such a beautiful thing to see. Uh, I'm gonna say Bucks by twenty three. Twenty three. Somehow twenty three is the conservative. Twenty three is the conservative one for that. That is just beautiful. Um, there you have it. First time ever. The the betonline.ag Bucks predictions of the week. Uh, remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for 50% off your uh, for your 50% welcome bonus, excuse me, at betonline.ag. Now that is a good bet. That tagline isn't written down. I came up with that. I hope I get, Ooh, I like hope I get a little extra for that one. But anyway, 
now that we've now that we've talked about our Bucks picks of the week, thanks to our good friends at BetOnline.ag. Do you want to hear my conspiracy theory that I was tweeted? I would love to hear this. I have I'm no idea gonna, what this is, by the way. I don't know this person who tweeted it at me. I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna say the the username. I want to make it more mysterious. It's like a like you know like one of those movies where there's like you're in the parking garage and someone's got their face covered up. And they're like, they're using a, vo- oh, the tweet was deleted. Wait, what? I can still read it. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's so cool. They deleted the tweet. I went back to click on it, but I backed out and I can still see it. What a life. I'm going to take a picture just to make sure I have it. But this is what I got. He needs 1,600 minutes. This is about Joel Embiid. And I, I basically tweeted, you know, why do they keep playing him through these injuries? Because it's ridiculous and they do it over and over. This is what I get in re- response. He needs 1,600 minutes this season to get his final three years guaranteed. Clause in his contract said injury protections waived if he plays 1,600 minutes in three of four seasons. He already has two banked in and is about 400 minutes away from reaching it this year. It's all about the money. I like that. Is that not a wild conspiracy theory? This came from an account. This was like their only tweet? No, that can't they be true. They follow two Woj and Shams. That's that crazy. True. It's true. I retweeted it and they deleted it. Wow. That is some shady stuff. That is beautiful. Did we, yeah, did we just is, find a new burner? Wow. Uh, we might I don't know. Yeah, I think we actually did. Wow. Oh. What a dramatic See, okay. what a, this is all this is not staged. This no. is all hundred percent real reactions. See, okay, here's the thing. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, uh, I was thinking about trade deadline stuff, and it's like, how crazy would it be if the Sixers actually broke up Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? And I was thinking, doesn't Embiid have some weird protections in his contract, and how would that trade? So I was just like, I hadn't thought about that injury protections in a while before I'd thought about trades. And that makes... That makes a lot of sense. His hand looks broken. Yeah, like I, like you're watching it and you're just like, why would he be playing? Like I know, of course they want to beat the Bucks, but like it just it seems ridiculous. And that is a pretty powerful reason. So here is, and this is from an ESPN column from Woj and Bobby Marks. The Sixers could wave Embiid across at each of the final four seasons of the extension, so the deal he's on now, ending with 2022-23, if he's lost because of a contractually agreed-upon injury that causes him to miss 25 or more regular season games, and if he plays fewer than 1,650 minutes. So that is a real clause in his contract. That is crazy. I'm going to be thinking about this a lot, especially going forward. Yeah, that that is is very interesting. Man. So, yeah. So, if he plays 1,650 regular season minutes in three consecutive years or three out of four years, so like the the anonymous dark Twitter tweet said, he's already done three, or he's already done two, excuse me, then the injury protections for the Sixers are null and void. So, wow, that is wild stuff. <sighs> I didn't even realize Man. we were this close to the full guarantee. Yeah, That's this wild. season, this season, a few more minutes, a few hundred more mm. minutes this season. Wow, so it might, might not be entirely the Sixers' fault. I guess not. What a thing! Imagine the blow up if they tried to sit him. 
for like and make sure like to not even to make sure like just to like to sit him for the right reasons but it would coincide with him for sure missing it imagine that could get ugly oh that could get real that, that could, could be an, an nba pa situation oh for sure no they would definitely get involved that would be a full players right situation Ooh. Right. nbpa i think it is i always get that wrong i think it's just national basketball players association but anyway Wow, so we, we dug down that rabbit hole. That's fun. That's interesting <laughs> stuff for sure. Um, on the more fun side of things, uh, Chris Middleton, solid night. Not his best night, but 17 shots, 20 points, 8 for 17, 3 for 8 from deep, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 fouls, no turnovers for Chris. Slow first half, but, I mean, I was confident in, in the Discord and on Twitter as well. He's got to keep shooting. It doesn't matter if he misses a couple. It doesn't matter whatever. He's got to keep shooting. And, you know, a lot of the, the logical responses was, you know, Simmons giving him some problems. I think for sure he gave him some. But I, I don't think Simmons was shutting him down. And, and Chris definitely came out and, and made a statement about that without saying anything in the second half. What are your thoughts on this Chris game? Well, I mean, uh, early on it seemed like he was, you know, he just wasn't he wasn't having a good shooting night. Like everything wasn't going in, and I think it was Matt Velasquez who tweeted like after his first three, which was I think in the second quarter, or it might have been Eric, one of the two gods, um, tweeting that like Chris Middleton was looking like thank goodness like one went in, and yep. then it was just he's, like, he's, uh, he's like it was looking like like about time. Yes, that tweet. I can't remember who it was from. Um, but, I think that was Matt V. I want to say that was Matt. Shout out Matt Velasquez. I think that was him, but I'm not positive. Okay, but. Yeah, it just seemed like, you know, he was struggling to get into a rhythm, which is understandable considering that he's been a flamethrower for 2020. Um, So, you know, you're allowed to have your slow starts. But he, you know, once once he got it going, he's, you know, had a normal Chris Middleton night and, you know, had, like you said, 20.7 rebounds, three assists uh, in 35 minutes, which was a little higher than, like, him playing 35, Giannis playing 34. That's a little higher than usual. Um but you know that's it, good yeah that's no, good in good. a game like this no it is especially with this um playoff type feel and the way that the players really really uh feel these matchups but yeah it just it took chris a little while to get going and then he was his normal self that's all i really have to say it wasn't like a bad night for him he had a good night no yeah no and i think the the important the growth i saw from from chris middleton and in, in some past games for him it wasn't even necessarily like his specific shot making it was the fact that he kept looking for shots and he kept getting them drawn up for him as well. I think that's a key difference. I mean, it wasn't just like it wasn't he started out quiet early and then he kind of happened some shots like no, the, the team and him both were like, I, I need to keep shooting. I think that that felt obvious to me. And I think this is an interesting thing to keep track of because. All the time, Chris. It's not. He says it's not in his nature to take a bunch of shots. You know, he wants the what's best for the team, whatever else. But I think what's best for the team is Chris Middleton getting a whole lot of shots, like second on the team almost every night. So I thought it was very encouraging that there was still that focus on let's keep him involved, let's keep running these Chris Giannis pick and rolls. One of which is what led to the the Giannis tip dunk that. I squealed, Rohan. Mm. I actually squealed when that play was completed. But, I mean, those two just had that chemistry. I think it gets better all the time. And it was really encouraging to watch, you know, a slow first quarter, a slowish first half. The Bucks did not get discouraged. They just kept playing. They kept playing their basketball. And they kept the right guys involved. And, and it got them the win tonight. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I was actually just watching that uh, tip dunk play that you were talking about. And just, it seems like on that play specifically, it seemed that Chris had an oop to Giannis that he just missed. Well, uh, Horford tipped it. That's what happened. Horford gets a hand on it and kind of brushes off the backboard. That's what happened. But okay, that makes a lot what, more sense now. I guess I didn't and, see and that. I, <laughs> yeah, and I tweeted this as a, as a reply to my first tweet about it. And I think it sounded more like a joke than it actually was. But my tweet was something like, the the lesson here is that even when the Chris Giannis pick and roll doesn't work, it works. And, like, it's funny. Well, it's kind of, it's not hilarious. It's kind of, I don't Give know. Give yourself some Don't want to tune my own No, but I think the, the actual takeaway is if you watch the play, um, and some, a lot of people will, it's going to be on every every single highlight show, the defenders are both so, they're both looking at Chris. That's the thing. I mean, and Horford does get his hand on the ball, which is good defense, but nobody is between Giannis and the rim, and that's how that tip-in happens. Everyone is so preoccupied with the driver in this case, and, and in a lot of cases, Chris Middleton. And that that's this is what I'm talking about with that play being so so intoxicating. And I, people know I've been obsessed. But it gets defenders looking positioned away from Giannis. And all he needs is a little bit of space, sometimes not even any space, to make things happen. So when he has a good amount of space right by the basket, it becomes that easy for him. And that's the upside of that play. It's a no-win decision for defenses, and that was on display. I mean, Horford does a good job of getting a hand on that lob and not making it clean, but it didn't even matter because of the positioning Giannis had. No, that's a really good point you make about like having Giannis just... Uh, like Defenders not have to worry about Giannis for like one second because... This guy is an MVP of the league when he's getting double and triple teamed every possession of every game. If defenders don't worry about him for one second, it's over. Yeah. Like, you're getting scored on. Like, something is happening, and you are, like, you're giving up points. Like, Giannis is going to, like, do unspeakable things to you if you give him one second of open space. So one one beat, yes. one beat, so to speak. One beat passes, and you look away, you step away, you let him get ground. It's kind of over. He doesn't need an advantage, but if he has one, it's over. Yeah, no, exactly. And just having Chris as like a primary option for like five seconds with Giannis on the floor just leads to more good things for Giannis and more good things for Chris. It's just, it's perfect. There's a reason that we talk about this so much because it's yeah, just it's everything perfect yeah exactly it's everything it's like during a playoff game if they ran that every single possession it would be fine like it would be boring but it would be <laughs> yeah fine. No, i think that that would be a little excessive but, but it, they should like, run it off theoretically it would work you know maybe maybe i don't know i don't know well if you if you i get <laughs> This is such a funny hypothetical. If you if you assume that within it, within that play, you're counting like passes to other cutters yeah, no, or course. shooters. Yeah, yeah. Then then maybe you should you could do that every single play and it would be fine, and you would probably win. Especially in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. One more play I want to talk about before we get to the other stuff. We got to move a little quick. We're, we're somehow we're at the forty minute oh mark. Goodness, <laughs> I, I know. Shout out to this game, this beautiful, beautiful game. One twelve, one hundred one victory for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, forty four and seven. That's just crazy. That's forty four <sighs> and seven. That oh, that's they won. That's wild. Fifteen games. 
Giannis's rookie mm-hmm. year? It was 15, yep. right? 15 wins. They have seven losses, and we're 52 games. My goodness. Do you know? We're 51 games into the season. To, to improve upon their record from last season, uh, let's see if I can do math here. They need to go 17 and 14. I think they can pull that off. To improve upon their 60-win record from last season. <laughs> I, think, I think they can pull that one off. Okay, the other play I wanted to talk about. Giannis drives a little bit uh, to get Embiid engaged on him and then pulls back. The entire Sixers, and this is, I think, fourth quarter, the entire Sixers defense is enamored with Giannis and then sort of, you know, the the shooters at the top of the key. At this point, Giannis was making some really nice passes uh, on the move and from the top of the key to shooters in both corners. That's a really good play for him. That's something I think he's gotten a lot better at. But this is not that. That's just a side note. This is Pat Connaughton cuts perfectly baseline. Giannis hits him, Pat's behind Embiid, and Pat just throws down a beautiful flush. That's the kind of stuff I really like to see. Giannis taking a second when the defense is engaged with him, enamored with him, really, and just dissecting it, finding the best look, and getting the ball to where it needs to be. I really, really like that play. I thought it was a beautiful play on all sides for the Bucks. No, for sure. It seems like Giannis is really, like, it's slowing down for him on offense. Yeah. Like massively. Like I've I've mentioned that this season, like he's taking his passing to another level because he's seeing different things because more like he's it it's an it's the evolution. Like he was consistently getting like single teamed like early in his career and you know, he was making work of that. Then he got double teamed. Then he was like, What do I do now? And then he was like, Oh, okay, I'll just pass to the open people who are going to the basket or in shooting corners. And yeah, now it really, we're, ju- we're just seeing like the total package right now. Yeah, it really felt like it really felt like this game. I did not remember a lot of Giannis running into a wall. I don't think it mm-hmm. happened that often. Nope. He would he would drive into you know like a set and beat and score, but it didn't feel like the Sixers were able to wall him it's off. It's not like I think. him at the top of the key trying to get to the basket. Right, over and over mm-hmm. against two guys. Like it, it really felt like he picked his spots a lot better, and, and that's a much better result for the team. Okay, I, I would I could probably talk about this Sixers game for another 42 minutes, but let's cover a couple other things very quickly. I mean, all-star stuff, just to recap, I mean, Giannis, of course, picks Chris first overall. Giannis continues um, to be terrible at drafting. I mean, listen, he, is terrible. he likes first-time all-stars. <laughs> he likes guys who hustle. He likes big guys. Uh, he, he likes his, his fellow African players, uh, gets Joel Embiid and uh, Pascal Siakam. And I know there was like a dust-up on this. I think either Shaq and Chuck said Giannis was African and, and the other inside the NBA guys yeah, made fun Ernie. of him. It, it was it was Ernie who was saying like, oh, he's Greek and like Kenny and Chuck were like, no, he's like, he's saying he's African. Yeah, like he that he's a self-proclaimed African person. Well, yeah, uh, his obviously Giannis is Nigerian. <laughs> yeah, his family's from Nigeria, and like I, I think Giannis, I think his without looking it up, I, I think I, like he said he's he's Greek and he's Nigerian. Yeah. Like and his Greek Twitter bio African. has like he's the both. Greek and Nigerian flag in it. Right, like it's not. Uh, he like he they, values both. Yeah, he's for sure. He's yeah, self-identifies I'm glad as both. Because I was getting upset at Ernie for that. Yeah, like that's that's. I mean, it's fun to make fun of Chuck, but like he he was not wrong there. I mean, Giannis is definitely what whatever. It's it's pretty clear that there was a theme there on purpose and and whatever. I, I think it was very cool. I thought it mm-hmm. was great. No, for sure. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I'm gonna be, I don't care about All Star that much. It's great, Giannis is in it. It's great, Giannis is captain. Giannis pretending to not pick Chris first and then doing it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't uh, get that excited Brandon over Brandon Ingram, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, <laughs> yes, great. I love that. I think I wonder if Giannis <laughs> saw the tweet James where Harden doesn't pass the ball. Oh no, that was probably the top moment for real. Mm-hmm. That was that was beautiful. Uh, it seems like it. It doesn't seem like Giannis and Harden actually like each other. What? Giannis does not like. Harden at all no. for sure no doubt I mean, I mean he's we seen know Harden. that Harden doesn't like Giannis because the MVP stuff yeah but well, yeah it doesn't seem like Giannis like he feels the same way I was really hoping that when um you know he was set up to say something about Harden I was hoping he was saying oh he'll just get upset that he doesn't get all-star game MVP instead of me <laughs> uh I was. Ooh. I feel like that would have been a little too harsh, but I'm glad he yeah, said it would, something. Been, it would have been too direct. Yeah, I like the. I like the subtle shot. Like he doesn't have time to go out of his way to call mm-hmm. him out, but he'll 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 give him some smoke for fun. And we also get uh, Joel Embiid and uh, Jim, Jimmy Butler on the same team going against Ben Simmons. So that's going to be yeah, fun. that's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, whatever. I mean, All Star is fun. The new format is interesting. Whatever. Um, Chris is in the skills challenge. Yeah, for some reason. Uh, as a big Chris Middleton guy, not so sure about that one, but mm. <laughs> we'll see. It seems like and the Pat- trend recently for Bucks in like non All Star game competitions is just coming last. Like yeah, we had Giannis good. in the dunk contest. Uh, we had Chris in the last two three point competitions. Yeah, and uh, Brandon Knight. Oh, Brandon Knight went to the oh, finals yeah. in the skills challenge yeah, a few years did, back, but lost. Um, and then Pat in the dunk contest. We'll see. I, I don't think it's a great field. I think he's got a chance. But Aaron Gordon is is something else. No, for sure. And like Derek Jones Jr. Ooh. Yeah, that guy is something for some else reason, too. Zach Levine isn't in it, but is in the three point contest. I think he pro- he's protesting because he's not an all star. But why are you this in the, the three point contest? You're just going to embarrass yourself. I think he's trolling. Sure, it's not very. I think that's it's not a good job. <laughs> I think that I'm just telling you where I think he's coming from. Okay, well, he's not doing it well. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, going in on Zach Levine. I like that. Um, so yeah, that's all star stuff. Fun stuff. Game should be fun. I don't care about Giannis's drafting. I think it's cool that he uh, Giannis is like not tampering. Giannis is not trying to assemble the best possible team. Giannis is like, oh, I like what I like. I'm gonna pick that stuff. Giannis only picks guys he wants to go to war with. Which the Embiid selection looks kind of funny after tonight, but. Everything else, it, it it's certainly in that light. It makes a lot of sense. No, for sure. Uh, should we talk about the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, quickly. I mean, the Bucks obviously stood pat. Uh, a lot of people are upset, you know, not using the Indiana pick. At this point, obviously, they can still use it in the summer on draft day. They can draft someone. They can use it that way. Or they can use it for a trade this summer. But uh, I would like to see them augment the bench a little bit. But I think if a deal's not there, a deal's not there. And it's just that simple. And I think... Something going in, like I, I did believe they were going to do something, but going in, my caveat was they don't need to, and they don't feel like they need to, and I think they proved that tonight. No, they really did. If anything that they wanted, I wanted them to do, it was maybe get like Marcus Morris to feel like Earth. Yeah. No assholes on the Bucks, Rohan. That's fair. It's a rule. That's fair. And. Like, but it's like, I don't know if, if I wanted anyone, it was probably Marcus Morris and what did the Knicks get? Mo Harkless and a first, like, and a second and a first swap and a former lottery pick. Did that? Jerome Robinson. Oh yeah. 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 And then, well, he went to the wizards, but, and, um, 
Yeah, and Isaiah Thomas is getting waived by the Clippers, I think. Yeah, he's not good. That yep. makes sense. But that, that's a high price. I wouldn't have wanted yeah, to pay all that. Plus, you got to match his salary. Yeah, but, yeah. But that's, I don't know, that's something I wanted. But I didn't want anything, like, massive. Because you don't want to, like, disrupt this team. Because they're the best team in the league. Um, but Especially not with what was available. Yeah, it wasn't really that much. Like, you're not, you you didn't have the salary to get Iguodala. No, I, I didn't really want him. No, it's. I don't think he fits good on this team. I don't think he's a needle mover. I saw, so they, they it came out that the Heat were getting Iggy. And I said, ah, oh, all right, sure. And signing and an extension. A, yeah, and at first 30 million it came out, then it came out second year's a team option. Still a whole lot of money. It's only a team option, though, if they get someone in free agency. I think that's what Woj said. Oh, yeah, it's something really. Yeah, so it's like if they don't really, get a free big free agent, like it's expected that they guarantee it. Or something? Yeah, it's like a handshake. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how that one goes for Iggy. But, um, but then when they when it came out they were gonna get Gallo, I was like, that's a little more concerning. I think still kind of a one way player, but his offensive firepower is real. Um, but then they didn't. It didn't. It didn't work out. Okay, see, held all their cards as well. So then it's like they just get Iguodala. They give up Justice Winslow, who I thought uh, probably had the highest ceiling of anyone on their team. I mean, I really like Justice oh, Winslow. Sure, I thought I thought Memphis did great, and they got off some contracts, which sure. I mean, fine. They they didn't open yeah, up. Yeah, they got off Dion Waiters. Yeah, and they got off James Johnson and James as well, Johnson. which is like fine. I mean, those guys actually gave them some decent minutes at times. I, I I'm not. I'm just not concerned. I'm not concerned about Iguodala this year. Um, I just I think he's a, a good defender. I think he gets, gets older every year. I think he's been not a shooter. I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't. I'm not concerned. And no, nobody else in the East really did anything that would. That you'd consider a big move. I mean, none of the good teams. Yeah. I mean, Drummond to cut the Cavs, sure, but it's not. I, I like that trade for the Cavs, but it's not like that's something that you're going to go. Well, yeah, oh, they no, got, the, they got Andre Drummond for free. <laughs> yeah, they got Andre Drummond for free, so good for them. But it's not something that really impacts the Bucks. Marcus Morris does go to the Clippers. I don't know, Marcus Morris for Mo Harkless for me. It doesn't change that much for them. I don't think it makes them that much better. Lakers people are very upset right I now, think, which is I kind of fun. Marcus Morris is going to be a better player for the Clippers than uh, Mo Harkless because he uh, like he's just he's another scorer yeah no that that helps but like with Lou Williams their big two wings and Montrez Harrell is that really what they needed I mean I if mean, they had gotten like, like Marcus a Moore, really good center he's gonna I would be have a good been more defender. concerned he's gonna be a tenacious defender again but like did they need another wing defender like I don't think a wing was their need I don't look that's at that fair. team and go, they need more wins. That's fair. That, that was never. It could be a thing. You could have it Paul could, George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that's fair. It could be a thing where it's like they got him so the Lakers couldn't. Oh, yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. I think the Lakers could have used him more mm-hmm. for sure. They, they need two-way bodies. Yeah, so it's like they get him and then so it's like an addition and like the Lakers don't get him. So it's like another win. Yeah, 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 that that is true. So that that's the best part of it. But like, I I, I heard Tristan Thompson's not getting bought out. That'd be nice. I'd really like it if TT doesn't end up on the Celtics or the Clippers. Yeah, he, I think uh, he I would think help Rich those Paul teams said he's a lot. Not getting bought out. Yeah, that's that's what we've said so far. We'll see though. Now he's on a team with Andre Drummond and Kevin um, but, Love and Larry Nance Jr. A lot of big guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of big guys. <laughs> um, we'll see how that goes. But uh, the, the I heard I heard Darren Collison. Darren Collison is in LA. Of course he is. But even the, I mean, it's he's good. J.R. Smith is in LA. Yeah, I mean that's that's less concerning. He's not a cops anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. The seventy six. Some interesting didn't stuff. Make a trade. 
The so yeah, well the Sixers did. Yeah, they got um they got Glenn Burks Robinson and Little Dog yes. and Burks, Alec Burks. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice. They needed some shooters, but sent James Ennis off to Sacramento. Orlando. Orlando, sorry. Orlando and they are cutting uh Trey Burke. Um, Trey Burke. Yeah. So it helps a little, but I'm really I mean I think confused why James Ennis went to Orlando. Because he had like a de facto no trade clause. He, had a, he did have the de facto no trade, the one year bird clause. Um, I think. I don't know why I think he, would he agree wants to more. That he wants more minutes. Minutes. I think he thinks he's going to play more there. That's something I saw from one of the Philly people. I, I don't he's know. Maybe going to play nice. for the Magic. Yeah, but they gave him a player option. Philly did. So I, maybe it's kind of just dapping him back for the player mm. option. That definitely I feel or like, like an probably under didn't the table need. type thing. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I, I don't know. I, I think and, and I think he wants to play. I mean, he's in the NBA. He wants to play a little bit more. Orlando, who knows? Who knows with Orlando? But it doesn't, I don't know. That, but, that was yeah. interesting. Yeah, in general, I don't think the trade deadline necessarily – well, obviously it didn't impact the Bucks in the sense that they didn't make any moves. But it didn't necessarily impact their competition. This no, was a not, trade not deadline that way. didn't really – load up any other contenders like current contenders like last season we saw the top four teams in the east just sort of load up except for the celtics we saw like the bucks he had miritich we saw celtics almost did though it was really almost close. they almost did they were right there on right five there. players it just didn't just didn't mm-hmm. work out no they were so close you got to give danny Inge credit for almost being there every you time got to you have to <laughs> uh yeah so the bucks got miritich the raptors got gasol who else did a thing the 76ers got uh, Tobias Harris um, oh yeah and we didn't really see that this year the only contender that we like yeah contender that we saw make a move was the Clippers getting Marcus Morris and sort of Miami but again I, so I, I, think, I don't I think it's more like Miami vaulting into contender territory rather than sort of, being maybe fringe contender territory I feel like they sort of stayed at the same level, but like went higher in the pecking order. So they're like still in the second tier of the East, but they're in like the top of the second tier rather than the middle, if that makes any sense. You want a hot take to end this thing? I'd, I'd love to hear this. I don't have detailed info on his medical status, but I think Miami is better off not just long term, but this season. If they can get Justice Winslow healthy and integrated, then they are by getting Andre Iguodala. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. I, I think it's true. I think, like, Winslow is a, a multi-tool player who can shoot, pass, defend at a very high level, score a little bit. Like, that's the kind of guy who you just worry about. Like, if he puts it all together, that's just such a dangerous guy to have next to Jimmy Butler and all their other good young players. And the fact that they shipped him out for old old man Iggy, who hasn't played this year, I, I was honestly, I said, fine, sure. Yeah, he, he so, said he's underweight. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, like you're sounds good to me. You're playing, you're paying him for the playoffs, and you're just letting him get into shape in the re- rest of the regular season, whatever this is. And how old is he? Thirty six. I do believe he is 36. So, yeah. I don't think he's worth all of this hullabaloo. I think it's more, like, the name and, like, the fact that he had this, uh, yeah, pedigree and the weird thing he had with Memphis has sort of, like, vaulted this up into more of a discussion than it normally would be. Um, Like, don't get me wrong. I think he's a great player. The fact that they got the—he got the extension— 
without them seeing him play a single minute oh, no. is wild No, he's to me. getting the extension to see him play a single minute. Yeah, hopefully. No, like he's the only reason he got that extension is so that he will play for the Heat. Otherwise, yeah. he would just pull the same thing he pulled with Memphis. Wild. Mm-hmm. Anyway, shout out to the quickly the Wolves. I think were a winner. They get they get Russell without giving up a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Wiggins and Andrew one protected Wiggins first is on the next Warriors year. Now for some reason, it's a weird world. The Warriors are like out of players right now at the moment. Shout out to them four for open roster spots. I want to say I th- they signed a couple guys, but they oh, might Ky- sell yeah, three they or four. Kai Bowman, I think recently. And they're, they're picking up a Santa Cruz Warrior who went to Marquette. Yeah, I forget who it is, but yeah, yeah shout whatever. out to the Golden. Um, Shout out to them, yeah. So, tough one for the Warriors. And I think the everyone knows the Grizzlies cleaned up. The Grizzlies did really well. Mm-hmm. And the, the Hawks, I thought, did nicely. Yeah, they basically got Clint Capella for a pick that isn't the theirs. The Brooklyn pick. Yeah, yeah the Brooklyn Which pick. Which was a pick they got just to take Alan Grab. Yeah, the, I think people were really down on Atlanta and their front office and everything for like heading into this deadline. They they thought they were going to be too impulsive. I thought they really redeemed themselves. Yeah, this deadline. no, they, really they good got Clint Capella moves. for not much, who I think is going to be a great partner with Trey Young, and you have him for the next couple seasons on a decent contract. It's a little overpriced, but it, he's there. And I think he's going to be thrilled to actually be part of an offense now. Yes, uh, <laughs> with someone who passes him the ball. Yeah, there we go. Full circle on yes. the, the Harden slander. <laughs> <laughs> and I think is that I think that's a good place to wrap this long episode up. It's perfect. And I think it's deservingly long, I would no, say. No, great game. It was a big game against the 76ers. We had trade deadline stuff. We had the all-star draft. This was just a wild day. This was all in one day. <laughs> trade deadline plus the big game against Philly plus the all-star draft. Hey, was the all-star draft on the trade deadline last year too? It must have been. I think it was, which I, I don't know how I feel about that because I kind of totally forgot about it until after the deadline, but it does make for an action-packed day. Yes, no, for sure. Uh, and we're glad here at the Eurostep to be able to cover that with you. And if you want to hear other podcasts talking about uh, all the trade deadline moves for all the other teams, uh, check out the rest of the Blue Wire NBA podcasts. They're all great. They're all hosted by great people like us, not to toot our own horns. Um, but you know, they're all great. They're good podcasts. They're good listens. Go check those out. Um, and as ties and I have mentioned all throughout the show that we had conversations in our discord channel. And if you want to get in on that, just send Ty or I a picture of you listening to the podcast and we will get you in there. Recently, we had a AMA with, uh, Cranges McBasketball from our last podcast. So that was, that was a fun time. Wasn't it? Ty? That was a fun time. Shout out to Cranges for hopping in here and uh, hooking us up with some knowledge. Yeah, no, we're going to continue to do cool stuff like that. So if you want to get in on that, just, you know, like I said, send Tyra or myself a picture of you listening to the podcast and we'll get you in. Uh, other than that, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep. Rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Um, and yep, thank you for the continued support. And we will talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.